I just mentioned how the VIX can heat up at a rapid rate. We've got lawmakers dragging their heels. Uh, you've got that as one thing, but rates up uh, another thing. Now, they've come off a little bit, but I guess I'm wondering if it was possibly the combination of the two, sprinkled with some coronavirus concerns. I mean, ultimately, investors have taken a step back, to say the least, here over the last couple of days. Yeah, hi, Ben. Thanks again for having me on. I, I think that's right. I think if we'd have gone back a month or a month and a half in time and you'd have asked what's what's the worst setup you could have for the market, I would say uh, a, a, a renewed spike in COVID and lawmakers not getting anything done in terms of renewed stimulus before the election. And uh, we, we've gotten both of those arguably in spades. And so uh, I think we're starting to see uh, the fallout from that uh, over the last week or so. Where do we go from here at this point? I mean, uh, we're keeping a close eye on the dollar. It hasn't really responded. I've been watching some of these other products that you look to see that fear factor component come into play. I mean, where do we shift our attention to get a real indication right now? If this is something that's starting to become a snowballing into a bigger concern, I mean, ultimately, we know the numbers aren't good. They haven't been getting better. Uh, that could weigh on the market. And in addition to some of the other, you know, factors that are at play right now, there's some uncertainty. Had a central bank activity headed our way. We're uh, headed into the election. I mean, it just seems like, as I've been saying, the weight of the world right now seems to be on investors, on traders, and certainly on the market. I think I think that's I think it's a fair statement. I think watching the dollar, I think, will be critical. And uh, I think the fact that it's it's still basically range bound, uh, I think you make a good point in that it is suggesting that so far there's still an element of, of hope or optimism that once we get on the other side of the election, uh, that the stimulus will soon come. And and uh, uh, that's that would uh, arguably be dollar negative. And so that's the message of the dollar not, uh, you know, not really spiking at this point yet in this sell off. Um, and so the, the, the correlate of that, of course, is that if if the dollar does spike, that may be telling us, A, the stimulus is not coming or maybe there's something surprising on the election. Uh, but uh, once if, if the dollar does break higher, uh, that would be something that I think would really start to um you know, really throw a monkey wrench in the spanner uh, in, in the works in terms of just increasing for selling that deflationary impulse. Uh, and, and then we start thinking about, OK, are, are we setting up for another type of scenario for March uh, like we saw in March, um, you know, as the VIX chart just kind of showed, as you were alluding to? Yeah, the dollar, uh, we've been keeping a close eye on that 93 level. I've been watching and saying for days now, it seems like, well, about a week now, I feel like if it, we get good energy through 93, keep an eye on the 91.72 level of retest of, but with lawmakers, again, dragging their heels, not providing that stimulus, and uh, again, with, well, central bankers also kind of in a wait-and-see mode, it seems like the dollar, even with the indices, or with the indices, I should say, selling off, has gotten a little bit of a lift, or at the very least found some support around 93. Again, it seems like now... Uh, we recently saw rates inching higher, Luke, uh, prior to the indices selling off. It's been a bit of a textbook kind of Treasury scenario since the last couple of days. Treasuries have been rallying back, rates have come off. I guess I'm wondering uh, how big of a deal were you making out of the most recent move up? We've seen a steepening on the yield curve with a 30-year diverging a little bit from the shorter dated. Uh, I guess I'm wondering, I kind of have been saying as long as you remain below the March highs, above the March lows in terms of rates, a lot of this is just noise, intraday volatility, wide range. And it's going to attract attention, but not really anything in terms of real directional at this point. Still, how much attention were you giving to the most recent lift? Was it just noise? 
I think it was largely noise. And this, I, I, there's, I mean, we saw the Fed do what they did in terms of uh, uh, QE and, and growing their balance sheet earlier this year. Um, and, and I think that was a critical moment. We go back to March. If you remember, there was a, there was a period in time from March 9th to March 18th where Treasury markets began crashing right alongside stock markets. And uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, the Fed's uh, Randall Quarles came out and said that the Treasury market may be too big for the infrastructure and we may not be able to ever back away from from supporting the Treasury market, which I thought was an enormous admission. It's something we've been talking about with clients for uh, for some time. Uh, but for the Fed's, uh, for a Fed Vice Chairman to come out and talk about it, I think was very important. As it relates to your question, I think over the last four or five months, we've seen two things. We've seen the Fed admit that it's probably going to have to always be providing support for the foreseeable future to the Treasury market. But if you go back to the um, June timeframe, maybe July, you saw the Treasury come out and say, well, we're going to try to maybe extend duration a little bit of our issuance, shifting it from the front end, which was, it was very front end heavy at the first part of the year, to, to the back end a little bit and, and maybe try to shape the curve a bit. So... To me, it, it almost feels like the Treasury market is is uh, the message has been at the very least being managed by both the Fed uh, on the upside uh, in terms of yield and the Treasury uh, on the downside. Um, and so uh, we'll see what happens through here. But I just think it was probably largely noise in the in, in the intervening time. OK, I'm a little bit uh, all over the place here today, but I did want to get your thoughts on central bank activity as we head into. Well, it's things kind of kick off today with the Bank of Canada. We have the Bank of Japan, the ECB. Uh, talk to us about what you're looking for. From what I've been hearing, uh, most of our guests have been saying basically it's status quo in terms of uh, where they stand as far as policy. But some of the verbiage should be very closely watched. That would make sense to me. I think it's really, I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the, the renewed wave of COVID coming uh, around the world. I wouldn't be surprised if you see verbiage alluding to uh, something to the effect that they stand ready to uh, apply stimulus and amounts needed to support the functioning of capital markets. You know, it's something we um, uh, wrote about to our clients earlier this year was when the, <clears throat> excuse me, when the Fed really started getting involved in markets in March and April, uh, they said we're not we're not doing this to stimulate the the asset markets. We're doing this to help markets functioning. And so, to our to our view, the Fed and other central bankers, to a lesser extent, they they it seems like they've picked up a third mandate over the last uh, six months, which is it's no longer just about uh, uh, employment and inflation, but now it's also ensuring markets function, and in particular, sovereign debt markets function, and then secondary debt markets as well. So I think. As long as debt markets are functioning um, uh, properly, uh, then in their eyes, which is a loaded term, admittedly, uh, but as long as debt markets are functioning properly in their eyes, then I think they'll probably be saying, hey, status quo, and we stand ready. If you start to see that some of the types of dysfunction that we saw in March, uh, particularly in sovereign debt markets, uh, then I think you'll see central banks uh, get very aggressive very quickly once again. Okay, you alluded to the fact that uh, that it seems like those debt markets are functioning properly in their eyes. Are they functioning properly in your eyes? It seems to be uh, that they are. 
Yeah, so far, you're not seeing anything uh, in Break terms that, that you wouldn't expect. Exactly. Yeah. You're not seeing yields up in a sell-off. You're not yeah. seeing uh, bid-ass spreads in the Treasury market blow out like you saw back in March. So, uh, so far, yeah, it's and it's a loaded term a little bit because ultimately there is a point at which, you know, spreads even in some of the uh, you know, the more risk-based uh, debt markets, right, and your corporates, et cetera, uh, there's a point there where you, I would expect that uh, that becomes seen as quote-unquote dysfunction in their eyes, uh, even if it's discounting increasing risk. Uh, if it increases uh, too much, I think they would see that as dysfunction and, and probably start to act more aggressively, uh, which which is what it is.